This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Hello and welcome to another issue of Comictating. I almost just called this Nerdables, which we're part of the Nerdables family, but I almost just said another issue of Nerdables. I don't know why. Well, I know why. I was typing. I was typing it. That's why. Uh, so yes, this is Comictating. Uh, as always, my name is Chris. I'm joined by my my partner Sebastian, and each week we review comics that we think you should be reading, and we are doing so from Earth Two Comics in Northridge, generous sponsor for us, giving us the space to record the. Big back room, which if you're getting an echo, apparently that's what it is with an omnidirectional mic. That's that's yeah. We've part got of the... a we've got a it's a, it's a fairly large back room. If we were a little more enclosed by the uh, drawer boxes and long boxes, it would make for better. But we've got a nice big open space here, so we apologize if there is a tad bit of an echo. I will do my best to fix it. But that's what we need because if I have an enclosed space, then I can't move, and then we can't do anything back here. But yeah, this back, you know, it is kind of big back here. We need oh, one of those cones of silence. Yes, a cone of silence, or uh, we c- I gotta go get uh, some foam pads. Yes, we'll put some foam pads on all of the walls. That'd be great. Boss comes in like, why are there foam? And I oh, just noticed, I've been looking for my uh, my thermos cup, and there it is, oh. right right next to me on a little shelf here. So I didn't I, realize that was still here. I got to take that home with me. There you go. See, you're finding new stuff. Uh, as I said, last week there were a lot of books, and we were going to split it up a little bit. Well, unfortunately, this week there's a lot of books as well. So we have one book from last week, uh, Shade the Changing Girl. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But this week saw three more releases from Marvel number ones and the start of their clone conspiracy, their Spider-Man event. We also have the second series of Dynamite's James Bond. And we're going to start with the hotly anticipated uh, Millerverse, I think he calls it, or Miller World. His, His kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. This is uh, for Image through Image Comics of Mark Miller and Greg Capullo's Reborn, which I'm going to throw it to Sebastian because I think people listening to this, those one or two people, are sick of my voice. So I'm going to have Sebastian do a little bit more of the introduction and plotline and stuff like that. So Sebastian's going to start us off with Reborn. Yes, we got a we got a little bit of a format change here. So we are starting off with Reborn. Now to give you. The general idea about the plot, this is Mark Miller's first foray into the realm of fantasy, and I was intrigued enough by this book that I'm definitely going back for issue number two, but the book opens with essentially a situation that is very much like the DC Sniper, if you remember that from a few years ago, guy with a sniper rifle went on to rooftops and was just killing random people, and what is the hook about that is that all the people who are killed in this opening sequence wake up in this fantasy realm, it's got a... A little bit of that uh, never-ending story. A little bit of that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. You can't do that without the song, Is that the song? Is that the song? Never-ending story. That time I sued Never-Ending Story for false (laughs) advertising. It is. It it does, in fact, end. It does, in fact, end. It gave away the ending. The fact that it ends. And it's intriguing enough. It's got a little bit of that, like, okay, so these people are entering a Valhalla-like world, perhaps. They wake up after death. They're in this world. They're going into battle, headlong into battle, and are basically told they will have things explained to them a little bit later. And then we jump into our main character of the story, an elderly woman who's at a home. She's sort of recounting her life and thinking about all the things that she's lost and all the time that's passed. And eventually, 
uh, meets her end because we've got to get into the fantasy world very, very quickly. But she awakes in what we presume is the same fantasy realm that has essentially been on the losing side of this invasion. And she is essentially the chosen one. A lot of very classical style fantasy tropes to it. And I dug it a lot. A lot, a lot. There is a nice twist at the end of this. But it's really, really, really well done. Greg Capullo's art shines. I think over the years, Mark Miller has toned himself down from a lot of the crazy uh, insanity. Uh, He's got another book out that he did a few years ago, I believe it was uh, Starlight. Starlight. Which I absolutely loved. I mean, extremely huge... underrated Gorlin Parlov. Yes, yeah. Uh, if you like classic forty serials, if you like that Flash Gordon feel, the classic John Carter of Mars with a bit of an edge. With a bit of an edge, but I really, really liked that you know, story. It was fantastic. Yeah, because it, the idea is that oh yeah, okay, Grandpa, you're an adventurer or whatever, but no, it ends up being one hundred percent real, and. This is absolutely fascinating because you've got dragons, you've got monsters, you've got floating ships, and the idea is that... Yeah, it's kind of techno-fantasy. Yeah, the Protector has arrived. The woman we have been following is the Protector, and that's kind of where the book ends in a good way. But again, you've got wizards, it's got a good Lord of the Rings feel to it. I enjoyed this book enough that I went, alright, I'm in for issue number two. It sold me on number two. Yeah, it's very quick. I mean, at the beginning, you open with... It, there's not been a lot as, as to what this book is. Right. And it opens with this sniper yeah, scene. It's and you're sort of Minneapolis like, what exactly is this? And it gives you just a glimpse into what it's going to be about. We have someone who is shot, and then there's just a page of this person that you, you're assuming it's the same person waking up in this Basi- Yeah, basically yeah. an entire Starbucks of people has been sniped yeah, in this in, in Minneapolis sniper. sniper situation. And then I think what it does really well is that then goes through this woman's... Uh, this our protagonist. Grandma. Yeah, our protagonist. It goes through her life, and it goes through different pieces. So it gives you glimpses of her past. It gives you her present. And so it, it's not just it's not just about this fantasy world right, in right. terms of, you know, here in the issue, it's not something that is just, you have that first scene and then we're in the fantasy world and then it just goes from there. No, you we only get, you get that forth. little snapshot. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say Capullo for me, Capullo's always been an artist that I've really enjoyed. He started on X-Force many, many years ago. Uh, he had a very long run on McFarlane's Spawn, uh, which is yeah, kind of like where he cut his teeth. And then he just kind of disappeared for me for a little while. And then all of a sudden they said, hey, he's doing this book. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, Batman, the Batman with the New 52. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, that's going to be interesting. I haven't seen Capullo in forever. And his style had had changed so much it back evolved. in 2011. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Um, and he's had a great relationship with Scott Snyder. Their story is, is well documented as how they kind of got together. And here we see him with a lot of those same chops, a lot of the same coloring type deals. There's lots of action, lots of movement. Um very strong central figures, well designed, well great close ups. Uh, there's a good feeling of emotion through here. I like his tech work. You know, he's he did very well with that. And yes, Batman, yeah. but also just the, just the regular a hospital room looks good. The street corner where this this uh, attack takes place looks good. Um, even the cleaning cart. I mean, to have someone. With them, to take the time to make sure your cleaning cart looks fantastic and to make it look is really good look too. Strangely believable. It, yeah, it doesn't it, just it really. I think he really sets it apart between 
this fantasy world that you're in and making the real world look realistic. So yeah, right. this was it was a book that a lot of people I think were waiting for uh, with Capullo's name added to it and Mark Miller. Like you said, Miller has I think Miller's kind of he went on that high part of the bell curve where everything De- uh, was nemesis. really insane. Yeah, Gappy. Nemesis. I mean, I, even even Wanted. I mean, to, to start yes. with Wanted, which at the idea was just, at the time, was just was a fantastic. crazy idea that a lot of people, I think, have tried to emulate since. And everyone kind of looks at it and goes, isn't that Wanted? I read Kill or Be Killed. And it's yeah, great. Yeah. Ed Brubaker's great. But I still read it and went, this kinda is like kind of wanted. wanted. This is kind of Wanted to me. Um, but this, again, it, it's... It's unabashedly a fantasy book. We're talking about Reborn again. And Miller writes it as an unabashed fantasy. And it's exciting to see where we're going to go with that. And like I said, Miller's, uh, as Sebastian mentioned, uh, Twilight. Starlight is great. Starlight was one of those things I had kind of waned on Miller. I'm like, okay, I don't, you know. Right, he had done I loved the. I loved loved this stuff he did for Marvel. You know, he did Ultimate X-Men. He did Ultimate Fantastic Four. He obviously did Civil War. <clears throat> um, Nemesis was my low point for Mark. Yeah, Miller. and then he did the second run of Authority too, after and he Warren did do the second run of Authority. Uh, he did it with um, with uh, Frank Quietly, and it's great. It's amazing, and you start to see those pieces where he did. If we were going to take Civil War, and just explode it into something else, that's what he did in Authority. So the man is not, you know, knocking on his prowess as a writer or his ability as a writer. Just he started to get into books and issues that I didn't find very he's he's intriguing become reinvigorated in the last few yeah, years. Yeah, and I think in a way it's almost he's toned himself down to become a more yeah. classic telling a more classic kind of comic book story and he continues that with Reborn said this uh it's hard to live up to what people were waiting for and I think this does it if only for the art art's Again, beautiful. Capullo's art is gorgeous. It's it's been gorgeous for a long time. He always had a huge run on Batman, super super successful, and his chops are still here. We'll see where this goes. Hopefully this this continues for a while. I mean, I want to see Capullo go back and do. You know, I always thought he was going to go just Justice League. To tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if this is what he wants to do, you can tell he, there's a lot of passion in it. You know, oh, he's yeah. got a passion for this art. And even too. the cover is very reminiscent of yeah. a bit techie, but a little bit of Lord of the Rings as a giant dark tower dead center that looks like yeah. the Eye of Sauron. It's got Sauron. lightning coming from it. Sauron. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting, especially for Mark Miller, a guy who said, "I've never done a fantasy book," and he's wanted to dip his toes in the world of fantasy. So I I dig it a lot. Yeah, I dig it a lot. Real, this was really really good. But yeah, for for especially for a guy who was was climbing up and doing so well, and then for me, I got to Nemesis, Nemesis, which started off really strong. The idea of what if Batman was a supervillain is yeah. a really really good hook. But as the issues went on, I kind of lost interest. But then it's very hard to follow a book with the villain. It's yeah, gotta be a very compelling villain. I mean, they've done it. With, they've successfully done it with a couple of different different villains we just recently had a sinestro book which wasn't too bad right. but sinestro is a very interesting character magneto's had his own book right magneto's a kind of interesting character and nemesis as it was a, as a character was fairly fascinating but once that hook wears off you've really got to do something to keep you yes and if it is just oh i've seen the air of my ways and i want to be a good guy it's not interesting right and, um, and he also did uh, was it superior superior which, which was with uh, leonel francis the yes and that was him trying to do a play on the idea of billy batson and captain marvel and shazam and that was a lot of things in there. I mean, you yeah. had you had Nemesis, and you had and you had Mark Miller's Incorruptible and Irredeemable. Right, all those kind of in the same genre and same time. Oh, that was the Mark Wade. Mark Wade, excuse me. I'm sorry, not Mark Miller. Um, yeah, Mark Wade did Incorruptible and Incorruptible Irredeemable. and Irredeemable. But in terms of that same kind of tonality was there. Yeah, same yeah. idea of what they were going through. So I think it got a little bit lost in the ether. But he's definitely back. His the pieces that he's doing, Starlight, Huck. 
Huck yeah. is an unabashedly wonderful tale full of heart, and now reborn. He is... Oh, he also did War Heroes, was another book that disappeared. Oh, yeah, because he was working with Tony Harris. He did it with Tony Harris. Didn't which... they finish that? No, point? it did like two issues, three issues, and then never I finished. I they said something that they were If they are going to finish it, I'll be intrigued. But that was another one that was... Yeah, maybe this was, weird time in Mark Miller's life. He was definitely trying to do something. I mean, Joe Casey went through this. Yeah, Joe Casey yeah. was doing this with Bounce, which was you know based off of a, a hero who smokes pot, um, and the the book sex of the idea of you know like if you have this much power and all this stuff, like what really intrigues you? Right, you know where can you go and stuff like that. Joe Casey went from guy who's wrote, you know, he wrote one of the best Superman issues of all time, and then tried to re-examine the the tropes of the genre by flipping it on its ear. With some success to some people, and some others are just like, eh, I kind of yeah. want something that's a little more, a little more straightforward. Reborn isn't going to challenge you in in any way in terms of you know your your beliefs of faith or well, I guess a little bit. There's a little bit in there. Yeah, um, the idea of reincarnation or yeah. Well, she she kind of uh, or ascension. The, well, the main character believes that you know doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe there's a heaven right. after this. It's like this is our life and this is what we have to take care of. And but yeah, it it brings up those tiny little pieces. But at the end of it, it's got a guy with a big axe who's fighting a dragon. Yeah, yeah. So he's it's Essentially, the Conan the Barbarian with a handlebar yeah. mustache. So this week sees the release of an amazing Spider-Man event, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. Dan Slott's been talking about this for a long time. He has. He has. Uh, Dan Slott, of course, has been uh, the, the the director of the Spider-Man universe for a few years now. And uh, like big time, yeah, superior big Spider-Man, superior. Spider-Verse. Him coming back. Spider-Verse, all of those, those pieces are there. And everything since... Reborn started, right? That's first because it's fifteen. Yeah, it's been re, re re no now, now born, now Marvel now ish of now. Anyway, the current series that they're in, uh, post Secret Wars. Yeah, post Secret Wars was leading to this, and uh, Jim Chung does the art. Beautiful. I'll take Jim Chung. On yeah, Spider-Man I can. Any I can. I can end it at the. I can take Jim Chung. Yeah, uh, the guy who started with maverick of all places um look it up kids uh if you don't know what that is yeah uh i love jimmy chung's art i mean it's worth it just just for that i i absolutely adore yeah the artwork is absolutely beautiful yeah and it picks up in an interesting place uh yeah someone who hasn't been following the amazing spider-man uh series we get at this at the start we have we've lost a character in that series. Everyone's attending that person's funeral. And if you if you've been reading if you've been reading Spider Man, you know this has been coming. Yeah, it was something that they they. And I don't think that's the de- I don't think that's the big giveaway. So no, it, no, no. It, yeah, but it, it, it's just a sort of kind of leave something yeah. for for it. it and because I don't want to get into the meat and potatoes of it, really, it's more of what this idea is. And to me, the idea that we have here is you have a different Spider Man. You have a Spider Man who is or i guess really you have a different peter parker you have a peter who has his own company um again kind of yeah again um he's got parker industries uh he you know doesn't need to he doesn't need to take photographs anymore right you know that sort of thing things seem to be going up for him so i think what nan slot has always said is as, as peter's always that hard luck hero so as you kind of get to the top it's that roller coaster. You get to the top. Right. There's always something on the there's other side. There's always a crash. And this is kind of the start of it. There are two big reveals in this that are probably all over the internet already. Which well, I, I say know three they are. big reveals from. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess there'd be three in the in the backup story as well. Or four. 
I mean, it's kind of it, it depends yeah. on what you're what you're doing reveals. If there is, it, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Spider-Man's past, you're going to want to pick up this book. We apologize. We're trying to be as cryptic as possible. Yeah, because but maybe if you did avoid it, you know, we everything get this... in this book has essentially been spoiled. Yeah, but and, and, and we're not going to do it here though. But that's the thing. We're going to try gonna and it. hide this. We're going to try. We're going to do it. We're not. It's not even about hiding it. It's more of just talking about the the the. The general sensibility of the book, yeah, you know, it's not. So, I don't want to talk about page by page, sort of right? Thing. But we can talk premise. So, yeah. so, so we have we have Parker uh, has lost a, a family member um, uh, of natural J- causes. Yeah, natural the... causes. But we come to find out that he had the chance to possibly save him, but um, through the trial of this this drug that or this this type of this procedure, of procedure um, that would save him, he gets a spidey sense. Of a care of someone, someone who's already had it, and decides, I'm going to convince Something, this person. Something's off. Yeah, I'm going to convince this person not to t- do this procedure. He doesn't do the procedure. He passes away. He gets blamed for it by J. Jonah Jameson again. J. 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 Doesn't hate. He hates Peter. He hates Spider Man. He just hates everybody. You could probably you could probably guess who has died. Yeah, um, and I'm sure it's an amazing Spider Man too. But it's more of, as he does this sort of investigation. So the cool thing with this is it's very it's you know it's a straightforward type of story, it and is. it's it's Peter as much as Spider Man trying to do this investigation as to what went wrong. It's Peter and Anna Maria, Anna uh, Maria, Doc yes. Ock's girlfriend from the Superior Spider Man days. Peter as Doc Ock, yes, girlfriend. Peter yes. as who is still a part of his life, uh, helps run his company. And then we run into tropical Spider-Man stuff. You run into some villains, the Rhino, the Rhino and the new Electro, Electro, Electra, whatever you want to call Electro, it. Electro. Well, I guess it could is, be Electra, yeah. But can. that is one of the reveals in this book Yeah, uh, that deals with essentially this cloning process. So we have... Yeah, it definitely does deal with clones. It does deal with clones. And to give you a bit of a setup, a second, one a second. of Peter's employees gets sick. He is, is done. It, he, he's saved through this magical procedure, a procedure that we don't know much about. But in meeting up with this employee, Peter Parker's spider sense goes off, and he gets suspicious, and it's why he advises his friend not to go through with this procedure. Something is fishy about it. And in the course of investigating the company who has created this procedure, he finds his employee, after talking to his wife, the company's taken him away, snuck him off in the night, scrubbed down the house, no trace of this guy's yeah, existence, so- essentially. And he, in a very RoboCop 2 scene sees his eyes, central nervous system, and brain in a giant floating tube of liquid. Yeah. And the man is alive. And that's where the plot thickens. What is going on? How are these clones being made? What is this miracle yeah, procedure? Yeah, what's, what's the process and what's right with it and what's wrong with it? Right. So from there. Um, and then there's a backup story with another character in it, which we're not going to talk and about. And I will the say... The backup story is actually pretty good. I'm going to throw out my theory here on what this cloning is, is that these people undergo this experiment and then... Their tissues are used to bring back people. So, you, you know, you got a life for a life. Some innocent person is taken, uh, okay, snatched up, and then their bodies are used to grow yeah. the new clones. That's my theory. I don't know if it's going to pan out, but I'm throwing that out there. I'd, I could be 100% wrong, but that definitely brings in a lot of, like, yeah. oh my gosh, what is happening to these people who are going through this experiment? I'm... I, I was intrigued by it. I didn't dislike yeah, what this I say, issue. What I'd say here is if you enjoy Slot's Spider-Man run, you're going to enjoy this. It's a natural progression from it. Yes. If you're someone who is kind of interested as people are telling you, oh, this is the new big thing, and but you haven't followed Spider-Man, it's a little tough. I wouldn't say tough, but I mean, you'll, you'll pick it up, but there are a lot of notes of this happened in Amazing Spider-Man 2, and this happened in Amazing right. Spider-Man 16, and this happened in Amazing Spider-Man 17. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, 
obviously completely necessary because I haven't read any of those books. I'm not able to follow this. So it's 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 and good. Have, it's I a good start. Them. Yeah, it's a good start. And um, this is, as Dan Slott has said, this is like this is the big event. It goes all the way through, I think, January or February next year. So right. this is going to be the crux. If you are a Spider-Man fan, this is what you're going to be wanting to to, to pick up. Because Amazing Spider-Man will roll through it. Silk will roll through it. And the new Prowler book will roll through it as well. Yeah, it goes all the way through February. So that is Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. The start of intriguing. the new major event. Intriguing. Yeah, intriguing. And that's the best you can hope for. Just, you know, good and intriguing. Yes. Speaking so last week, yeah. Of intriguing. Speaking of intriguing, last week saw the second release from DC's new Young Animal imprint. Of course, the first was Doom Patrol by Gerard Way, and we now have a another former Vertigo title that gets a new book called Shade the Changing Girl. Reborn. Reborn. Rebirth. Rebirthist of Born. Young Animal. With Cecile Castellucci, and I hope I've not uh, butchered your <laughs> last name. Where do we get to the artist of the uh, James Bond book? Yes. I enjoyed this book quite a bit, and I will say that having read the original Shade the Change Man is probably going to mean a lot more, uh, or at least this this story will mean a lot more to you if you've read the original Shade the Change Man. I think my one, uh, my one issue with the book uh, is that it doesn't really feel like... It's, it's a really good book, uh, but it doesn't have that, you know, whatever psycho, uh, psychedelic substance... Uh, they were on when they wrote the original is missing from this, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Are you sure? Because I got, I'll be honest, I got lost in this book hardcore. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's gorgeous. I really like the art, and it's we have someone in a hospital room, and there's blue elephants and stuff. It, it, right. Obviously, some of it's real, and some of it isn't. And some like, of it isn't, but some the, of the other characters kind of react to it, and some of them don't. Right. And then we get to aliens. Our character. Uh, well, it's because the idea is is that the original Shade, Rack Shade, has found a new body to take over and engage in life. So it, it's very, very interesting in that he's chosen the body of this young girl who is now making an attempt at getting back to a normal life, but with the bizarre uh, world, the, the unseen reality within reality. The Vertigo series that you're talking about is Peter Milligan and Chris Bocculo. Yes, thank you. Oh my gosh, Peter Vertigo Milligan. Class. I think I have that because of Chris Bocculo. Yes, Peter Milligan did the uh, X-Force slash Ecstatic. That's the first right. time I got introduced. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But it's good. It's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, so yes, Peter Milligan and Chris Bocculo is the one that you're talking about that uh, has a lot with Rack Shade. His name is Rack Shade. It is. Interesting. The weirdness of it, I do enjoy the mystery having been set up. It was definitely weird. Yeah, Rackshade is back, and he's got a brand new body, and is living the life of a teenage girl. Very, very strange. And again, we have bizarre creatures from another dimension, potentially aliens. I dig it a lot, and they're sort of watching the experiences as sort of the outside cool. force that is watching the book. So I'm, I'm definitely, again, this is another book that... I'm not like, oh my gosh, I love this. This has blown me away, first issue. But it's got me hooked. It's got it's got a good hook in this that I've gone, all right, I'm going to check out issue number two because I, I really dig the art style. 
Uh, I I would have. The art was gorgeous. Yeah, I'm the, not, art, the, the, the art is is absolutely amazing. It's got that feel of Mike Allred, and it kind of made me want Mike Allred to do this book. Mike Allred can't do every book. I know Mike Allred can't do every. He's book. He's too busy doing Silver Surfer. But they've done a really good job of emulating that art style. This guy is definitely influenced by him. Yes. Heavily influenced, and it is a beautiful looking book. Beautiful, beautiful looking book. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, it's got something there. Um, I'm just I think I'm too stupid to figure it out. <laughs> I said I struggled through the first, the first couple of pages as I tried to figure out what was going on with all these different characters. Um, but yeah, and but it's, yeah not I mean, supposed, it's, it's not supposed to be easy. Yeah, but, young animal is definitely something that's going to challenge you. You know, if you're someone that really likes just a straightforward Avengers or a straightforward uh, JLA story, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the person I am. I like a very, you know, I, I like to be challenged, but I also like a good story that I can just you know kind of plow through and, and enjoy and have it be exciting. If that's the only type of book that you're going for, Shade is probably going to challenge you more than you would look forward to. Um, but there is some, you know, if that's what you're into, and then there's a lot of people that are. Uh, a lot of people, that's all they want is books that really challenge them and really make you pay attention, uh, really push those those wheels turning in your brain in order to understand it. Uh, then I think Shade's the type of book for you. Um, again, Book I I thought it looked great. Sebastian enjoyed it a lot. He's hooked, and yeah, I, no, young I'm animals like, off to a good start. We've yeah, got they, they're, um, they're shade off to a great start. Cybernetic shade, what? No shade, not shade. What is it? Uh, Cave Carson. Yes, and the cybernetic eye comes out. I think it might even be next week. Um, oh, I didn't even see this little backup story. Yeah, there's here. a there's a hilarious little backup story Too in Gobi. this. But what does make me happy is that these books Girls do feel here. like really good continuations. Oh, it's, uh, Gilbert Hernandez. Yes. Hernandez oh yeah. It is the Hernandez look at that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that far. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Is Gerard Ware and John Rivera with art by Michael a- uh, Avon Oming from Powers, and that's got. It's already got uh, some some pretty serious buzz. It does. So yeah, all these books are just like they feel like really really good continuations of these yeah. series. So and and it's getting it's it's got readers excited. It's got it you know, a group of people excited, much like Vertigo used to do when when a new Vertigo book was announced. Uh, back in the days, like everybody went crazy for it. So. Oh yeah, and I'm so just it's happy cool to see, that yeah. hopefully these books will get people to go back and check out Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Yeah, check out the Peter Milligan Changing Man. I'm I'm excited for that. Changing Man. Yes. On the other end of the spectrum, as I was talking about, Marvel has released a new number one of its most popular character. Solo. So not its most popular character. Um, a character that I I don't even know where he's from. I think he's one of the Spider-Man ones or something. He's he's a mercenary. He is fighting a war on terror. His wife was killed by terrorists. And this is a type of book, again, you want a book that's not going to challenge you, but to me was a lot of fun. This is one of those books I looked at that solicit and I'm like, why would you make this book? Right. But for me personally, as someone who's a fan of Punisher, G.I. Joe, um, war comics and stuff like that, you give me a book with good gunplay, yeah. mercenary, yeah. a little bit of a heist sort of thing, shields in this. I'm probably going to enjoy it as long as it's done fairly well. And I actually really like this book. Oh, yeah. Jerry Duggan writes it. Of course, this is the type of stuff that Duggan's been writing on Deadpool for the last couple of years. So he's got a good handle on this kind of single character who's, you know, he's not a, really a hero hero. He's in with, you know, other criminals and um, uh, I just noticed that the last thing Solo will return in Solo number two. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed that at the end. You know, he's dealing with other criminals. He's dealing with, she- with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. What I find funny is the S.H.I.E.L.D. character that we're dealing with is Dum Dum Duggan. Yes. 
and it's written by Jerry Duggan. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fascinating to me that they have the same last name. Um, Paco Diaz does the art as someone who appreciates someone who can do, or someone who appreciates an artist who can do real armaments, real weapons, real rifles, real pistols, or just a step above, you know, it might not be real, but it looks kind of cool. The, um, the revolvers that he has that you see on the covers, those totally look like those cool Nerf ones that everybody loves. They do. The really long barrel, it's kind of got that same idea. It's got that Hellboy Samaritan yeah. feel to it. This is the type of thing, I always look at something like this in terms of art and go, would I love this person on G.I. Joe? And let me tell you, I would love Paco Diaz doing a G.I. Joe book. Because um, again, his action scenes are really well, his gunplay is really well. The character of Solo has, um, he's sent on this mission, he's working with a, kind of a handler who is not a very good handler and is someone who um, uh, someone who probably is is going to double cross him at some point. He also it takes a call from what I'm assuming is his ex-girlfriend. Uh, he has a child with this girl, not someone he is with at the moment, but they still talk to each other. So it's an interesting dynamic. It's not. Yeah, it's not antagonistic, but you can tell that things didn't work out. He's just trying to take some money on the side so that he can continue to fund his mission. It's sort of like if the Punisher took bounties you know that sure, sort of thing sure. like he's got something he needs to do with the punisher's like i'm gonna kill all the criminals but i need some cash of course the punisher just raids all these houses you know drug houses and stuff and takes all the cash and that's how he pays for everything and also you know it's comics um solo basically says he has to take these jobs and make this money in order to continue his war on global terrorism it's a bit like a, a bit like a one-man a-team yeah that's that's a good point if you can find him yeah if you can find him and he actually probably kills people um he actually hits what he shoots at uh, again, it, it's it's not going to challenge you. It's definitely not shade. Um, there's but, nothing wrong with yeah. Here's it's, the it hero. Was fun. Here's the villain. There's some there's some funny moments in it. Um, there's some good lines in it. Uh, Dum Dum Duggan is kind of back to the in the mold of Nick Fury. Of, yes, he's kind of going to do whatever it takes to get the mission done. We see at the beginning all these global hotspots. He calls in two agents and like. What, what, where, why is this still happening? Well, we send people in for information and Duggan's like, that's not what we do. Information is code for go in and blow stuff up and kill right. people. Stop anybody. Make you know, the bad people says, go uh, away. Yeah. It was, um, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, finding a, what is it? Finding something that, uh, was it? a secret society or an evil acronym situation. I love evil acronym situation because yes. so many of them of course are, are shortened. Um, but I really like Solo. I thought it was really good. It was it's one fun. of those books that I think a lot of fun. people are like, haha, it's probably not going to last really long. But much like the beginning of um, this last round, we saw books like Hercules and um, Red Wolf that were really, really good and were let go very, very early. I don't think Marvel ever expected them to last super long, but they're very fascinating stories. And Red Wolf is coming back uh, in a couple of months. And they were at least willing series. to give them a shot, too. Yeah. Especially for a book like, uh, or a character like Hercules in the Marvel Universe, who tends to come and go. Uh, yeah, whenever he'll be a part like, of the new Avengers. Yeah, the new Avengers series that's coming out as the the fallout from Civil War. There'll be a new Avengers team, and Hercules is on it. The new it's, new. Yeah, it's a short series. Uh, Luke Ross does the art. It, it you know as a tangent as a side boat. This is the type of series that Marvel's done. It's kind of a limited series, and only that I doubt they expected it to get past six issues, but they were hoping it wasn't put, you know, wasn't solicited as a six issue series. Right. But it ends up being six or if seven. It becomes issues. successful. That's it becomes good. a single trade. They're worth looking for. I think Hercules and Red Wolf are really good, and Soul is probably going to be something that turns out like that. We're going to get through this first story, 
and maybe it continues, maybe it doesn't. I'm sure we'll see him somewhere else. That seems to be what these kind of books are, where right. he may use this character here to show, yeah, to show up in Shield or show up in Spider-Man or show up in Punisher or something. That's there. Um, speaking of secret agents and espionage and mercenaries and so off, we have Dynamites, James, James Bond, Bond, 007, Hammerhead. This is the second series written right. by Andy Diggle, and I like that. It's not an yeah. issue. It's not an issue seven or an issue eight. Yeah, I think it's, it's... just the Ellis isn't done yet. Diggle has an idea. He's got an artist, which is Casa Lan- Languida. Casa Languida. I said I, it so much better when we were talking before. I hope, again. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Casa Languida. Yeah, um, Luca Casa so yeah, Languida. this is the second series. Sebastian, of course, is our resident super James Bond fan. Both of us loved Warren Ellis' James Bond, the first story. Right. Um, Varger. And what's the story that's in there now? Adelon? Adelon? Yeah, Adelon has been great as well. And so now we have Hammerhead. Both read. Sebastian's going to tell you completely about it. separate from the other books, yeah. which I like. I like that this is Andy Diggle's James Bond, still in the same continuity, but very much like Ian Fleming. You've got books like Moonraker or Casino Royale. They uh, are just right now. They are completely separate adventures, which I really, really like. Instead of confusing people while there is a bit of a hiatus with Warren Ellis, nope, we're just doing another James Bond story. So we've got the story of Hammerhead, and it opens up. We're in uh, the middle of Venezuela. We're in Venezuela. an abandoned yes, we're in an abandoned uh, apartment or office building, and James Bond makes, of course, an iconic uh, parachute drop in. Very very nice stuff. Takes out some guys, gets his mission ready, starts to listen in on a conversation. So we've got this, we've got this unknown person who is talking to a bit of a hacker, and he's like, hey, you know, the only you know who else are you gonna get who can hack state secrets? Blah blah blah. And that's when James Bond gets the drop on him. But the person who our hacker is speaking to has been told James Bond is on his way. So we have this unseen person at the head of an organization. Yeah, that knows that, that, knows that uh, James is there. Bond is coming, and he's basically like, hey, you guys better kill him, or he's going to get to you guys first. We've got a, a great little opening prologue, and I love, again, that this is the brutal James Bond of the yeah. books. The guy is making a run for it. He trips down a flight of stairs, and James Bond uses the grappling hook to go through his leg and catch him to hang him while he interrogates him. And we have our opening sequence, Tell Me Who It Is. No, 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 he knows who I am. The guy is named Kraken, and the man explodes, and that is where your gun barrel sequence would begin. Yeah, both of this, and uh, you mentioned it with the Warren Ellis series with Varger, that there is a cold opening just yes. like a just like a a comic or I'm sorry, sorry just like the movie in terms of having a action sequence where not all the information is given to you you know you, you open right in the middle of yeah. something blowing up something somebody running guns and whatever's going on and you know it has something to do with the story but we don't exactly get it. it's just you know bang bang and then boom, and you boom, have a name boom, boom. yeah you've you got get a name, name yeah, it's a piece to it cracking barrel and that's yeah you get your, boom, your title boom, sequence boom, there boom, and then you get cheryl crow or somebody you know right. singing a song you get wings hammerhead paul mccartney and wings yeah the hammerhead theme song a lot of people don't know live and let die is <laughs> is a james bond <laughs> is a james bond theme mm-hmm. that song has sort of lived on uh, with the movie as its own separate entity, it's very interesting. Well, I think Adele had a big hit with Skyfall too. She did. I mean, not, nothing did, like but nothing is, like Live and Let Die. Yeah, I mean, but that's... that is so intrinsically tied to that movie. Versus yeah. at this point, the movie 
is the movie, and then you have Live and Let Die as this well-known Paul McCartney song. And I remember talking to one of my friends and showing them Live and Let Die, and they're like, wait, this song is a James Bond song? Like, yes, it is. Uh, but we have our opening, MI6 headquarters, and it's M, like, hey, you lost a suspect, this was supposed to be reconnaissance, and that is sort of how our story begins, because now he's being punished for losing intel and is decided uh, that he should be placed on essentially bodyguard duty uh, for somebody who is working with the British government, making weapons for them, and he's sent to... To actually find intel. Yes, to actually be a bodyguard, find intel. He's going to the Dubai Arms Fair, and he's there to protect uh, the person who basically even builds weapons for Q Branch. Which I thought was very, very interesting that uh, Q is not sitting there all by himself. So he's been given babysitting duty to watch after Mr. Hunt. And Mr. Hunt. He is sent to Dubai so he's, economy class. So he's he's there to protect the guy from the Mission Impossible? Yes, so, he's sent there to protect uh, Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt. Uh, no, so he's sent economy class to Dubai to protect Mr. Hunt. Mr. But, Hunt. of course, is uh, going to be given this tour of their weapons by Hunt's daughter. And things get sultry. Here's here's a here's a shock in the totally breaking with tradition in terms of James Bond. The character that he meets that thinks is going to be a male and someone that's just I don't want to do this turns out to be a smoking hot female. Of course, of course. very weird. It's, it's strange, strange that I'm always surprised happens. her name isn't Carly Hunt, and then they just like dump the Arly part of it. Right, if you know what I mean. Victoria Hunt uh, is is the person who will be giving him a tour of all their <laughs> fancy weapons at the Dubai uh, at the Dubai Arms Fair, and they are being watched, and that is how our book progresses as a first issue it's got really good action it's got uh, for me the best joke in the book is it's like man i'm on i'm on bodyguard duty he must be really upset at me and money penny gives him his economy class tickets to dubai and he's like oh i am really in deep this time and uh enjoyable first issue a lot of setup i think uh, the action works very well we've got uh, our organization We've got uh, our bad guy set up right at the beginning, so I yeah, they have a lot. To, yeah, they, they definitely got to tell you who you're against, how we're doing. You know, you know it, it is a setup issue. It is very much, which a is always issue. what what does well with with I think Bond movies do it really well too, because you kind of have to get into that story very quickly. Right. If you give them that cold opening of this crazy sequence, um, Casino Royale, you know, the cold opening is is his first two kills, but then you run into that that chase. Yes. That's just like, oh my god. The, and then, the, the parkour chase. Yeah, the parkour chase. And then you get into, hey, you went crazy, and you, you have to do this, and you have to do that. The same thing here. I mean, we get some some really cool issues of him. You know, there's some gunplay in it. There's him running around. There's a guy falling off the stairs. You know, he's gonna, he's afraid of, of his boss. Bond gets a very little information out of him. Uh, kind of lets him die. Um, yeah, essentially. But but again, it's that brutal James <laughs> yeah. Bond. He grapple hook. It'd be like if Batman shot his grapple hook right into somebody's calf and was using that to hang on to him. Oh, I will say this. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, as a guy who's a fan of Bond books and the movies, at the very, very, the very last page, the the unknown man who is, or woman, scanning James Bond with uh, the future tech, you know, of course, the, the fictional tech of this James Bond world, we have uh, James Bond, Secret Intelligence Service, License to Kill. We've got uh, his height, his weight, his hair. And then, very interesting... Scar right cheek, scar right hand. 
those are directly from the James Bond book, so they're huh. pulling a little bit of continuity from the James Bond books. He does have a, a burn scar on his right hand uh, from uh, one of the villain's rings, and it escapes me right now, but that is from one of the books. He has a, a small uh, knife cut on his face that is on his right cheek, so I was very, very intrigued by that. It's like, hey, that is uh, that is the matching description of James Bond from the books, so... A little bit of the books in there, so it makes me. Well, you wonder... said that with the Illus thing too. You said you felt yeah. like it was more in the tone of the. Of it the is. Books. It is in the tone of the books, but to have the matching. He's not description... as much of a misogynistic bastard as he is in the books. Right. Right. Say? The world. The world. But in is terms different. of like, yeah, the, the brutality of it is uh... the brutality and the tone is very much there. But to have, yeah, he definitely is. He definitely doesn't care. But to have in the description of his facial features and his bodily features to have something that is very specific to the book version. Interesting. Which means that I'm wondering if at some point they'll touch on, you know, different stories from the book, things like Goldfinger or one of the short stories in Quantum of Solace. Goldfinger! Yep, I'm I'm intrigued by that. The (laughs) fact that they mention those specifically has me very happy that this does take place partially in maybe the book universe. So last book we're going to cover is the last uh, number one uh, that we're going to cover from Marvel, and that is the super serious, super, just right in the middle of the Marvel universe, important to everything, and that's, of course, Zach Gorman and Will Robson's The Great Lakes Avengers. Yes, The Great um, Lakes if Avengers. You, if you know the history of The Great Lakes Avengers, of course, they are the funny team, they're the not very serious team, uh, they feature a, a knockoff of Mr. Fantastic called Flatman. Um, Big Bertha, who's now known as Bertha, because you can't really call her Big Bertha, which is a very large woman. Yes. Uh, who can change her size. Who can change her size, but the size that she stays with almost all the time is, is very large. Um, the Immortal Man that uh, is not in the issue until the very end. And, um, oh, I can't forget. What was the... What was the... Doorman. Uh, um, was it Doorman? Is it, is it Doorman? Uh, door, yes, it is Doorman. There's a door. Yeah, doorman. There we go. Yeah, he can, he can teleport. He can, he can like, uh, I guess it is like teleporting, but it's like, it's just phasing from location to location. Yeah, the same same idea. Um, he can make portals, essentially. Keith Giffen did a Great Lakes Avengers book a number of years ago, uh, very much in the tone of their, of, of Giffen and... Um, Dematis' Justice League Justice International. International. And that book is hilarious, and this book is actually really funny. No, squir- Sans Squirrel Girl. Sans Squirrel Girl. As she Squirrel is too Girl has, famous now. She has escaped from the Great Lakes Avengers as Brian Michael Bendis made her into a character that other people wanted to use as a serious character. Um, it's uh, the only reason, and I don't want to go super into it except to say that it is a really, really fun book. It's very uh, fun. It made me chuckle in a number of places. There are some very good lines in here. The way that Squirrel Girl is, tre- is treated is very tacky. Uh, is very, uh, is, I don't know why I said tacky. Um uh what's the word i'm looking for is very i don't know funny i enjoyed it i enjoyed it it's yeah. very very much a a a bit pulled out of uh a bit pulled out of like a good comedy where uh Flatman is calling her like hey we got to get the gang back together yeah that's but... all he cares about is getting the great lakes avengers yeah. back he's, he's he starts his you know he's just playing on the couch there and they come to find out that he has something that's worth a lot of money he's the only person left who, that has the who, trademark of avengers. the avengers name and he was willing to give that up as long as his team can exist as in a... perpetuity for the rest of its life. He can have a Great Lakes Avengers. Yes. And, he is now uh, an official Avengers team. Yeah, like the Blues Brothers tries to get the team back together. Yes. Got to get the band back together. And uh, Squirrel Girl is the only one who doesn't Squirrel show up. Girl, she's, yeah, Squirrel Girl's She's great. having dinner with... Uh, was that the only one that doesn't show up? And that's, that's, that's the end, which is maybe me chuckle she's too. Not the, only... the villains are funny. Um, there's, there's just really good bits in here. The dialogue is really good. 
it's it's a fun book it's a funny book i actually really liked this it was a book i, I kind of you know i kind of cocked my eyebrow like i know i liked this the last time but it's also giffen and dematis right uh, or giffen well, uh, i don't think dematis did that book i think only giffen did We've got zach and, and zach gorman i hadn't read anything from that i would have recognized um of course they're in the beautiful city of detroit which is a, a joke in and of itself and no it's it's a really fun book the art in it is really good it's got that that same kind of you know nice big clean style um kind of reminds me of pete woods to a certain degree very expressive big bold lines his apartment looks like crap you know flat man's apartment looks like crap the diners look good i mean your backgrounds are good your action is good Flatman um, can apparently not be flat all the time which yeah they which make is something a joke new out of. yeah and it's like why would you stay flat but no that's part of his thing we've got no it this is a. Uh, how do you think i eat if yeah, i'm flat all I'm the flat. time yeah what do you what do you think i'm doing um, there's a pitchfork guy who has a bunch of puns. Those were great. Uh, as I'm a pun guy, I'm a punny guy too. So I just wanted to make quick mention of it because it's one of those books that I think you look out on the rack and go, I'm not going to pick that up. But right. all these other super series, you know, we've got Clone Wars and, and when I say Clone Wars, Clone Conspiracy and Civil War and all these rebirth titles. And you know, I don't want Great Lakes Adventure, but if you want to chuckle, that's definitely a book completely off the spectrum of something like. Uh, uh, James Bond that we just talked about, or right. even Clone Conspiracy. So yeah, it's uh of all the of all the dark and grittiness of Marvel Comics right now, that was an enjoyable book. I I wasn't sure about it, uh, but then I got about four pages in, and I was yeah. like, I'm no, I done. Really, I'm, I really I'm in. Liked it. I I'm really in. Liked I like it. this a lot. It's good to see these uh, D list, F list, maybe even uh, Z list heroes come back and uh, are are going to make for hopefully a very very fun book in future and it, it does feel another it does feel like another one of those uh, books you were talking about like hercules or solo coming out that may not stick around hercules hercules but while it while it does stick around it should be a lot of fun while it is around so, for now it uh, seems to be on the I right really track. do like cuz this is the type of art i really like it's kind of got the art's very very nice that we pete should... woods ed mcginnis kind of feel you know it's like big and, and there's some bold coloring in it it's almost a, a pastel pastiche to it a lot of pinks and bright blues um yeah this, this book Oranges. does not have a dark color palette no it, it. Def- it definitely doesn't i mean even the blacks on it are, and, and everything you know is lit very well there's there's no kind of light sources from everywhere i guess um but yeah i really like that book so that was kind of just wanted to get that in there to let you guys know if you see it on the shelf don't be afraid to pick it up i think you guys will enjoy it as well as something different um, very very enjoyable yeah uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you've been enjoying. If you go to the Nerdables Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerdables, uh, you can leave us a message there. That's the easiest way to do it because I'll be honest, I don't remember if we have an email address. If we do, we never give it out. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nerdables, and we are on Instagram at Nerdables as well. You can always send us something directly through there as well. And we'd love to know what you think. If, uh, is there any books that we've recommended that you've picked up based on our recommendation? Is there any books that you've picked up on our recommendation that you hate? You know, like, boy, you guys were way off about something. <laughs> you told us that you really like Deathstroke. Deathstroke sucks, or something along those lines. Uh, let us know. Let us know you, uh, you're you listening. Let us know that what we're doing actually um, matters. Well, of course it matters, because I don't get to see Sebastian that much. So it's nice to have once a week where we get together yeah. and talk about comics that we actually like. Um, and we did a lot this week. We yeah, did we, six did, this we week. did six this week. So that's why we're up. Oh, wow, we're almost an hour. Oh, whoa. That's amazing. We're almost at our preset time limit. Yeah, I'm gonna say we weren't gonna do much more than an hour. We should do some of those nerdable shows that were like three hours apiece of us just rambling into the ether. Um, 
Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for this week for my partner, Sebastian. This is Chris, saying we will talk to you next week.